Welcome to the Dolls and Sense Business Podcast, the building series, where we talk to business leaders about their stories and game plan on business building. In this episode, we discuss building a REIT with Serena Teo Capital N Escort Trust. Serena spent over 15 years in the property management business and currently, she's CEO of the management team behind Asia Pacific's largest hospitality trust, SGX listed Capital Land Escort Trust, or CLASS for short. Okay, thanks for coming on this podcast, Serena. I invest in the REITs portfolio myself, so I'm very delighted to be speaking to you on our series. Thank you very much, Dinesh, for the invitation to be here. Uh, very happy to be here sharing the views from the REIT and uh, also very happy to be here to meet the uh, viewers of uh, Dollars and Cents. All right, okay, let's get to it. Okay, everyone should have an updated LinkedIn account, I think. You know, it makes my job so much easier when I get to look at a person's professional history before speaking to them. And that's what I did with you. Okay, so I found out that you were with the Ascenders Group for about 10 years, you know, and today is part of the Capital Land Group after the merger. And you became CEO of Capital Land Escort Trust in 2022. So I'm just wondering, how has this journey been for you so far, you know, especially transiting from the merger, you know, and joining the trust? Yeah, that's right. I've, I've actually been in the larger company for a fairly long period of time. Uh, I must say it has been a very exciting journey for me. Uh, within Ascenders, I've had several uh, experiences with including uh, managing uh, India Private Fund, uh, as well as the, uh, you know, part of the team of the uh, Capital Land Ascenders Reed uh, prior to Capital Land Escort Trust. Uh, I joined class about two years ago uh, as a deputy CEO and then taking on a CEO position in the middle of last year. Uh, very exciting times. Uh, very happy to be joining the trust and this sector at this period of time whereby, you know, we're out, uh, very clearly out of the pandemic. Uh, many opportunities for us to be able to reconstitute our portfolio uh, to bring even better value for our uh, unit holders, right? So you'll see actually the uh, trust actually transforming uh, fairly quickly uh, over the last two to three years. Yeah. Actually, that's exactly what I thought when I saw, you know, joining in 2022, like perfect time to be joining a hospitality <laughs> trust. <laughs> okay, so I had a follow-up question to this, actually. Um, so no two companies will have the same working culture, you know, and you've been through the process, right? So I'm just wondering, what's it like marrying two working cultures um, with two companies after an M&A? Yeah, actually, um, if we look back, Ascenders and Capital Land are both Singapore-based companies. So there are actually more similarities than differences uh, in the working culture, right? So because of that, I think integration has been relatively smooth. Uh, for me personally, uh, the opportunity to join a uh, combined platform that is a lot bigger, uh, more global uh, in scale uh, and size, actually allows us to be involved in businesses that has a larger access, uh, you know, with the bigger platform, larger access to business opportunities as well as the economies of scale, right? And I think for employees in the larger uh, company, you know, the access for uh, more opportunities for growth development uh, and rotation, uh, it's also a very valuable uh, feature of the uh, combined entity. Okay. I mean, talking about economies of scale, you know, I went to your website and I, I learned that, you know, you guys own 103 properties in 44 cities. And I'm just reading this. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, um, across 15 countries. And this is spread across all over the globe as well, you know, Australia, China, Europe, Japan, US, and of course, you know, in Singapore as well. Um, and not just that, you know, the property portfolio also spans across different lodging types. You know, I saw, you know, service residents, hotels, rental housing, mm -hmm. and even student accommodation. So another thing I was thinking, like, how is it like, you know, managing such a diverse portfolio of properties internationally, not just um, geographically, but, you know, different asset types as well? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, well, uh, in short, it's, it's never a dull moment, <laughs> right? But uh, the challenges are also opportunities, uh, the way I see it. I mean, the, the size and the span of the portfolio uh, means that actually the uh, concentration risk is mitigated, right? So you've read our our portfolio, uh, given that you're a REIT investor yourself, I think you'll be very clear, you know, uh, Capital Land Asset Trust or CLASS is actually the largest uh, tr uh, lodging trust in Asia Pacific, right? Uh, and given our size, uh, we invest in uh, four uh, different asset classes, uh, rental housing, student accommodation, uh, hotels, as well as uh, service residences. So this provides a, a diversity across the asset classes. Uh, we are located in 15 different countries, uh, which provides uh, concentration risk mitigation uh, geographically, right? So that, that size and the diversity across the uh, geography and asset classes provides resilience, right? So the portfolio is such that we have resilient uh, income sources coming in from the uh, rental housing, student accommodation, as well as our properties that we manage under, uh, for example, uh, master leases, as well as a uh, management contracts with minimum guaranteed income, uh, which essentially means that, you know, these are contracts whereby we are guaranteed as unit holders uh, a certain level of income uh, in uh, in whatever times uh, of performance, right? Uh, today, uh, within the diversification strategy, uh, we currently have about 20% of our portfolio in student accommodation and rental housing and about 50 to 60% of the income coming in from stable income sources, right? So this provides a resilience and then the other 40 to 50% come of income coming in from growth income sources provides us with the ability to yield up uh, when the travel recovery comes back, which is really what we are experiencing now. Yeah. Actually, the other thought that we were having or we really discussed before we started recording was uh, because of the resilience of the portfolio, you know, during like a pandemic, for example, that just we were just coming out of, you know, it also gives you like that shelter um, to continue getting revenue sources right from your prop properties. That's right. Uh, I can see that you're very, <laughs> you're very attuned with the history of growth of uh, class. Thank you very much. Yeah, so during the pandemic, I think one of the key things that we did to reconstitute the portfolio for higher resilience was uh, to expand the uh, trust mandate uh, to invest into student accommodation um, sector. So in 2021, we invested into eight student accommodation properties. Uh, and in 2022, we actually doubled down to invest further into rental housing and student accommodation properties by investing into another 12 uh, properties in these uh, sectors, right? So student accommodation and rental housing uh, tend to be more counter-cyclical uh, and resilient. Um, since investing in these uh, properties, you know, occupancies have always been maintained at above 95%, uh, good year-on-year uh, -year rent growth, you know, so that provides a very strong resilient sector to the trust income. Okay. Uh, I just thought of another question. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah, like, go ahead. You own a hospitality yeah. portfolio. Like, where's the best place you like to live at at one of your properties? <laughs> <laughs> I would say every time I travel... Uh, I will try to stay in a service residence, uh, you know, one of the Escort service residences, whether it's an Escort, a Somerset, a Citadel, or even a Life, right? There are, there are actually several brands uh, that the uh, that we have within the uh, Escort uh, portfolio, right? And and the reason is because uh, I'm a fan of service residences. Uh, service residences actually provide us uh, generally with more space. Uh, you also have uh, amenities such as a kitchenette, sometimes uh, access, uh, most, of, most of the time access to laundry facilities. It actually makes it very easy for us to uh, have a home away from home. Okay, okay. Interesting, yeah. 
Okay, so even before the merger with Ascendas Hospitality Trust, right, um, you guys were the largest hospitality trust already in Asia Pacific, and I guess the merger just entrenched um, this position for you guys. Um, so when it comes to business expansion, you can either grow organically or through MAs. And the common thought process, you know, is that organic expansion is slower, a bit more painful, and while MAs give you instant foothold in these countries, territories, or sectors. So do you agree with this sentiment? And as a strategy, how do you guys think about um, MA as your growth? I think for me, business growth is more akin to a marathon than a sprint, right? And uh, in a marathon, uh, you adjust your speed uh, according to the terrain, you know, the conditions of the terrain, uh, as well as the opportunities, uh, the access to opportunities, right? So at certain points in time, you might be going slower. Certain points in time, you might be going faster, right? So it's, it's really, I think, the right approach for the right type of uh, conditions. But I think what has, what is clear is that, you know, the end in mind, uh, is always constant. Uh, and as long as we are able to continue to move along uh, in the correct direction towards that goal, uh, that would then be a marathon well run. All right, cool. Okay, so this leads in nicely to my next question that I have. You know, class was listed in 206, obviously as Escort Residence Trust. Um, you know, and it had a property portfolio worth about 856 million. Today, it's grown to about 8.1 billion. So does size matter for REITs? And also, I'm wondering um, the need for constant growth, you know, um, is it to be valuable part of an investor's portfolio? Um, and is it even to be relevant in the industry for yourselves? I think size matters uh, for a REIT, right? Uh, but the benefits are actually beyond size per se. Um, so take, for example, class. Uh, in 2019, when uh, class or art, as it was formerly known, merged in with Ascenders Hospitality Trust, that combination gave uh, unit holders of both art and AHT several advantages, several benefits. Um, one of which was the increased size of the combined trust uh, allowed the allowed us to be list uh, to be included in the uh, FTSE Narit Global Developed Real Estate Index, right? Being included in that index uh, offers invest it offers unit holders uh, and the trust access to much a much wider investor pool, uh, as well as enhanced liquidity, right? Both of which are actually important uh, facets to a REIT's uh, success, right? The combined portfolio also increases the uh, diversity of uh, income coming in from various sources, uh, such as geographies, as well as asset classes. And following on that, uh, that uh, merger, you know, we've been able to do a lot more, mm-hmm. right? Including, for example, like what I mentioned, allowed us the ability to access opportunities outside of uh, the hospitality space, uh, which are into student accommodation as well as uh, rental housing. And uh, all some of these, uh, which uh, would not have been possible, I think, for us to bring on had we not gone through that merger and uh, increased in size. Okay, yeah. I know, I'm also getting this uh, from your website, you know, I'm just, I just went to it and I saw just in the past few months, you know, there are information for both divestments and acquisitions. So I'm just wondering how you decide which properties to acquire and divest. Mm, okay, thank you for the question. Uh, for us in class, uh, our end in mind is really to be able to deliver a sustainable level of returns to our unit holders, right? And to do that, uh, we do a few things, but at the end of the day, it boils down to being able to constitute a portfolio that can continue to deliver that kind of value to our unit holders, right? In order to deliver that value, uh, it will be through distribution uh, as well as NAV, right? 
when we look at our portfolio uh, of 103 properties, uh, we'll look at it from the perspective of whether you know it is more valuable to hold or is there a certain uh, value to be able to recycle the uh, proceeds into higher yielding assets. So Dinesh is right. Uh, you know, in just last month we had announced the completion of uh, divestment of four properties. We divested four properties in regional France at a sixty-three percent premium to book. Right, the exit yield of that divestment came in at about four percent. Uh, and earlier before that divestment, we also announced acquisition of three properties uh, in London, Dublin, as well as Jakarta. And uh, we're actually entering into that acquisition at an entry yield of 6.2%. So therein, you will see that you know what we're trying to do is to be able to divest at lower yields and then reinvest into higher yields. right? Uh, in addition to that acquisition, uh, we had also announced organic uh, value-add opportunities, and that's really the uh, renovation uh, opportunities in some of our existing properties, uh, one of which was the Sydney Central property that we have, uh, uh, whereby there was an opportunity for us to build it up uh, to increase the room inventory by 28%. And the yield on cost on building that up came in at about 11%, which was a very good yield for our portfolio, right? So, so essentially, what we will try to do in terms of portfolio reconstitution is to look at both organic opportunities, such as the Sydney Central uh, property, or inorganic prop, uh, uh, acquisitions, such as the uh, acquisitions in uh, London, Dublin, and Jakarta, in order to bring about that continued uh, capacity for the trust to uh, be able to deliver uh, even better returns for our unit holders. Okay, so another thing I was going to ask about is, you know, the current um, geopolitical landscape, you know, it's been very uncertain. Interest rates are at its highest level in 22 years and everyone's talking about inflation, right, and rising costs along with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering, are these things at the back of your mind? I'm sure they are when you do acquisitions, but are you also pressured to do acquisitions in the first place when you're a REIT? No, not not at all, actually. I mean, uh, uh, what we do is actually more opportunistic. You know, it's really back to the business objective of uh, delivering stable uh, distributions to the shareholders. Uh, you know, that, that I think is the end in mind. Uh, and earlier, I also mentioned that to do that, uh, we take active steps to reconstitute the portfolio such that, you know, we always have the capacity to be able to deliver better returns to our unit holders. So it can be through divestments, it can be through... Uh, investments, it can be through uh, AEI's uh, opportunities. So so it's really a combination of these uh, three main strategies in order to be able to deliver that capacity to create more growth to our unit holders. So take for example, the acquisitions that we have just announced are to me probably the best opportunities for us to bring about that capacity for future growth for our unit holders. These three properties are actually located in the most prime locations of very strong gateway cities. Right? So the London property that we are acquiring is actually in a very exclusive Mayfair area of London. Um, the property that we are acquiring in Dublin is in the heart of Dublin, which is the Temple Bar uh, district. The property that we are acquiring in Jakarta is in the Embassy district or CBD of Jakarta and a new property within a mixed development, uh, Chiputra World 1. Right? So these are possibly the best uh, prime located properties that we can get in these uh, cities. Okay. Uh, and on a yield uh, risk-adjusted yield basis, uh, it's also coming in to us at a very attractive uh, rate. So, you know, it's coming in to us at an entry yield of about 6.2%. Uh, the other feature about this acquisition is that 
embedded value add opportunity for us to unlock even more value. Um, and that's really through the renovation of the uh, Cavendish, which is the London property, right? So uh, plans to renovate uh, are already in place. Uh, the CAPEX have already been scoped in, you know, and uh, after renovation, you know, that provides an even higher uh, returns to the uh, unit holders. So I think what we are trying to do is really to position the trust to have another tailwind of growth beyond travel recovery. Yeah. And I have to say that you guys do a really good job with like upkeeping the properties. So in case uh, the viewers don't know, we are at an escort property and, and it looks very nice around us. I wish you could see more of it. But it's really nice, right? Uh, I think the way you upkeep the property and, and uh, thanks for inviting us here. You know, um, We've also come to the end, but before we end, we usually like to ask this question to everyone on our show, right? What's your one advice for someone trying to lead a business in Singapore today? Okay, not, not so much advice, but I thought I would just share uh, what guides my professional compass, uh, which I think is very important, right? So at the end of the day, what guides my compass every day uh, is that, you know, to have a very clear end in mind, a business goal end in mind. Uh, maintain the flexibility yet prudence uh, as we move towards that goal. Uh, stay the course uh, despite challenges, uh, but not saying that we ignore the challenges, you know, keep our eye very clearly on the challenges, but stay the course uh, so that we can emerge uh, stronger. Uh, and really at the end of the day, and most importantly, is to be able to continue to create value uh, to the business uh, our partners, and more importantly, my team and colleagues. All right. Okay, thanks for sharing with us. Thanks for being on the show as well. Thank you very much for inviting me, Dinesh. Very happy to be here. Yeah. All right. 